That's real good. Welcome home to Cassidy. My name is Stephen Mitchell, and it is an absolute joy to be here together with you uh, to be able to celebrate that God is continuing to move in and through us, that God calls us into relationship as a community of faith so that we can grow in relationship with one another, so that we can go in mission and ministry to the world because we love God and God loves us, and we can share that love and grace with everyone we come in contact with. If you're new here, I just wanted to say a special welcome to you. Thank you so much for uh, taking some time to be a part of what we're doing today. Uh, We've been having a great time with this message series we're on called Chasing Carrots. And so if you are new, you picked a great time to be here. And, and so we're excited that you have joined us, whether you're joining us in person or online, whichever is the case, we're excited that you are with us. And we hope that you will notice that we're serious about pursuing Jesus, that we, we recognize we're not perfect, but we know the one who is, and that's Jesus Christ. And so we want to invite you on a journey with us, a journey of growth, a journey of maturing, a journey of deepening our faith so that we can make a difference for Jesus Christ in this moment and in every moment to come. Because we believe that God has called us to to seek out individuals, to, to share love and grace with, to meet people where they are, and help them and us take the next step on our spiritual journey so we can grow in relationship with God, in relationship with one another, and in relationship with the world so that we can share life and make a difference on behalf of Jesus Christ. Like I said, we've been talking about this whole idea of chasing carrots, the endless pursuit of more, that we pursue so many things, and and God says, hey, hey, I want you to pursue me. Uh, But so many other things can get in our way. For for example, we talked about fame, how there are more people on the planet today that want fame rather than anything else. They want to pursue fame more than anything else, that that reputation that they want other people to see them them as important or valuable. uh, And it's not necessarily a large fame where it's everybody. It could be just in your local context, in your community, in your family, that they see you, uh, your reputation value continues to improve, uh, or the endless pursuit of money and stuff. Uh, in America, we, we struggle with this. Remember back in the day, there was that bumper sticker that says, whoever dies with the most toys wins. Um, this idea that we find our joy, our happiness, our being in collecting money and stuff. And it provides safety and security uh, for us. And that's, that's what everything is about. And God says, hey, I'll provide those things for you. Just trust me. Come to me with everything you have, and I can make it better for you. Uh, or if you struggle with approval, that you're, you're trying to please everybody, and it leads to this rat race of, of difficulty because you can't please everyone. And we said that you can't please everybody, but you can please God. So instead of pursuing uh, the approval of others, let's live for the approval 
of God. And today, we're going to talk about the one that really hits home for me. All of these um, are, are difficulties that I struggle with, um, but this one really is one that I think that all of us struggle with. It's the endless pursuit of comfort, of being comfortable. It just sounds like when, that word, when you say, Let's, I, I'm comfortable, it sounds like things are good for you. Because right, we don't want things to not be good. We don't want to live in a way that, that we're experiencing strife. Like when I was in the corporate world, uh, if there was uh, a, a problem where people had, were arguing and upset with one another, they were, there was strife in the workplace, uh, it was uncomfortable. And I just didn't want to be around it. I would walk away when people were arguing about something that uh, I didn't have any say in. Or, or if you come up against a difficulty in life and you're, you're struggling with that difficulty, you're just like, oh, I just wish I could be comfortable. Uh, we went, uh, last weekend, we went to the Ozark Parade for uh, their Christmas parade. And, and it was cold out and I, I didn't have on great shoes or socks and, and my toes were so cold. I was just so uncomfortable because my toes were cold. That was the only thing I could think about was just how uncomfortable I was. And I would have given almost anything to have my feet not be uncomfortable. Or even worse was last Sunday evening when the Chiefs played football, it was such a close game that I was uncomfortable. I don't want a close win. I want the Chiefs to be winning 49 to nothing, and, and then the game is comfortable for me. That's more my style. I, I don't like the close games because I'm uncomfortable. And, and the more I spend more time pursuing comfort than almost anything else. <laughs> Sometimes I think I want comfort even more than contentment. And, and comfort is, uh, well, for definition's sake, comfort is a state of physical ease and freedom from pain or constraint. A state of physical ease and freedom from pain or constraint or the easing or alleviation of a person's feelings of grief or distress. I mean, if you take it in that way, it sounds pretty good. Contentment is a state of peaceful happiness, a state of satisfaction. Uh, what you'll start to see is that comfort is temporary. And it seems like commitment should be the way to go, but comfort is also comfortable. And I don't think I'm alone in my pursuit of comfort I think that we all struggle with a desire to be comfortable more than we, we uh, want to admit. And maybe this is going to be one of the hardest messages that you've had to hear uh, because the, the difficulty we have in pursuing comfort. I mean, think about it this way. Uh, I, send, I send pictures of food to my, like, my daughter. Uh, I like to taunt her. 
Um, she lives in Florida and is attending school out there. And I like to taunt her with some of her favorite. When I make something that she likes or when I have something that she likes, I'll send her a picture of it and, and tell her just how good it was to make her jealous because I want her to come back, right? Um, and so I'll send her a picture of chicken fried steak. And, and I, I, I love uh, sending that to her because that is one of her favorite foods. But if you think about it, if you have, uh, and chicken fried steak is one of those things that we call a comfort food. It makes us comfortable when we have chicken fried steak. Uh, Or maybe not all of you, but for me, it is definitely a comfort food. If I decided I was going to have chicken fried steak two times a week, uh, it would be difficult um, to, to celebrate that level of comfort because that level of comfort isn't going to lead to what I want. Chicken fried steak is easy. It's tasty, but it's high in cholesterol and it will cause heart health issues, especially if you're having the Lambert's size platter size chicken fried steak. Uh, it's not going to be good for you. Now take squats on the other hand. Going to the gym is hard. Squats are painful and your legs get tired and it's time consuming, but it is so beneficial because it builds up strength. It helps your posture. It helps you in so many ways. And yet the comfortable way is the way that so many of us pursue. Comfort doesn't get you anything. I mean, think about it. What does comfort get for anybody besides yourself? Comfort is so selfish because you're only focused on your comfort. It's not everyone else's comfort. Uh, And and it, it is something that we pursue and seek after so easily. Jesus, or John, and John, not in the gospel, but John wrote, was an apostle of Jesus, and he wrote a letter uh, out to the churches, and he says this, do not love this world, nor the things it offers you. For when you love the world, you do not have the love of the Father in you. Now, when we talk about comfort, uh, we're really talking about embracing the mindset of this world. And, and so what does it mean when John says, don't love the world? What loving, let's, let's look at what he doesn't mean. John doesn't mean don't love people. Uh, people are valuable. People are who Jesus came to save. And so if we are faithfully following Jesus, then we're going to love people. So it doesn't mean, hey, don't love people. That's not what don't love the world means. It doesn't mean don't enjoy God's gifts, that God has blessed you with gifts, financial and spiritual, and and it doesn't mean that you shouldn't enjoy that because they're part of this creation, this world. Uh, No, it doesn't mean that at all. And it doesn't mean that we shouldn't love creation because God has gifted us with this creation. It means the cultural system of this world, where there's always somebody that has more, where there's always somebody that is more popular, more famous, more powerful, and they can do what they want because they have more. The idea of pursuing comfort over pursuing God. Uh, What is the cultural system of this world? What is it that John is saying? I, I think it's a life that doesn't need God. It's a life that doesn't need God. 
It's a life that believes that we can do it on our own. Paul, Paul shares this con- concept. Uh, Paul was uh, one of the apostles. He calls himself the apostle to the Gentiles. He started churches outside of the Jewish, uh, Jewish cultural center of Israel and Jerusalem. He started church after church in the Gentile lands. Uh, Gentile was just a fancy word for those who, don't, who aren't Jewish. Um, and so Paul went to all of these places, and he writes a letter. He writes a letter to a church in Rome, and it says this: "Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Do not conform." That word conform, uh, you know, don't let the world squeeze you into its mold. Don't become like the world because it's comfortable. Instead, instead be like Jesus. And, and this is such a challenge for us 21st century Americans in particular. Because for us, there is so much comfort in our lives. I mean, uh, we, we watch a, a show, House Hunters International, or any of the international things, and one of the things that just boggles my mind is when people are looking to buy houses, and there's no air conditioning in the houses. And they're like, oh, air conditioning, that's a bonus. I'm like, no, air conditioning, that's a necessity. That's a comfort requirement for me. Indoor plumbing. When I, when I go on vacation, I, I want indoor plumbing. I don't want to go out in the woods. That, there's no desire for that. It's uncomfortable. When I'm cold, I want heat. When I'm hot, I want AC. When I have uh, an opportunity to sit and, and embrace my comfort, I want something on TV. One of the 3,865,432 channels that are available to me that I can sort through time after time again and try and find whatever show is going to bring me the most joy in the moment or the eight or nine streaming services that I have to have so that I can be comfortable in the moment because there's not enough on the regular TV channels. And here's the truth. Our lavish lifestyle chips away at our dependence on God. This is, this is the problem, right? If, if we are so comfortable... Why do we care about anybody else? We're we're self-made. We're independent. We can take care of ourselves, thank you very much. There's no need for any outside assistance if if we're comfortable all the time. I mean, why would you need a comforter if you're already comfortable? The Holy Spirit is called the comforter, the one who comes from God to bring comfort to bring contentment. And yet, and yet, when we deal with this, we're, we're already comfortable. We, we even talk about this, right? That's outside of my comfort zone. Like doing things that we're not comfortable with. I, that's outside of, like, I love when people say that at work. Well, that's just outside of my comfort zone. I'm like, I, that, that's what you're paid for. You should do it anyway. So what's the secret? What can we do? How can we allow God to make a difference in us? 
Is there, is there something, anything that we can learn from Scripture, anyone who has insight into this that can share with us what it is to be content over what it is to be comfortable? I, I think the letter that Paul wrote to the church in Philippi allows us a glimpse into this. Paul says this, I'm not saying this because I'm in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, Paul says, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. Paul says there's a secret to it. So what is that secret? What is it that Paul is talking about? Here it is. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. What's the secret to contentment over comfort? The secret is Jesus. Contentment is found in Christ who gives us strength. Contentment is found in God himself who offers himself to us, who brings us out of the darkness into his marvelous light and gives us new life in Jesus Christ. Contentment is not a pursuit of comfort, but a pursuit of God so that we can be more like Jesus, so that God can do a work in us, so that we can be content in him, not comfortable. And, and, and the struggle that we have is this idea of, of trying to fill ourselves with comfort rather than what we have been created for, trying to fill the eternal longing that we have within us with temporary comfort, because that will lead to an empty life. I, friends, we have been created with a core desire for God's presence. We've been created to long for God above all else. And this is why so many times, so often in my own life, when I was seeking after comfort over God, because I didn't know God at the time, that I just kept feeling this, this longing, this desire to know something more, to, that, that maybe this new thing, this new uh, level of comfort, this new, I, whatever it was, that it would fill that void that I had for God's presence. And the truth is, we've been made for that. And so everything that we try to force into that God-shaped hole in our hearts is temporary. Everything else is temporary. And so God says, hey, I'm the solution that you're seeking. You're not really after comfort. You're after contentment. I can show you the way. And so how? How can we allow God to, to transform us? How can we allow God to do that work within us? What does that look like in our lives? I think it comes in three steps, three conveniently uh, placed steps. First, let's pursue God. Let's pursue God and walk in faith. Not pursue comfort. Pursue God so that we can walk in faith. I mean, this is the God who created the heavens and earth and, and, and held nothing back in coming to find us, to track us down, to share His love with us to give us grace and forgiveness, 
So let's pursue God and walk in faith. And second, let's seek contentment over comfort. Let's seek God over the desire to be comfortable. And finally, let's desire God so that in that desire we can find peace, that peace that surpasses all understanding, not a peace because we're comfortable, but a peace because we belong to God. There's so much here that we can unpack and so much that that is, is difficult for us because our desire typically is to focus on comfort. There was a an Albanian nun uh, who who was pretty comfortable in her lifestyle, uh, but felt a calling from God to go and serve the least and the lost. And she went to India uh, to serve the least and the lost. Her name, uh, her, we know her as Mother Teresa. And for 84 years, uh, she lived and moved in the presence of God. And while she was a nun in, in India, uh, she, she worked among the most poor, most destitute, most uh, hated group of people in the country, the, the least in that country. And she loved on them, those that had leprosy and, and skin diseases, those that were outside of the care of community. She loved them and cared for them. She won the Nobel Peace Prize. She won multiple prizes, but the Nobel Peace Prize comes with a $192,000 gift to say, hey, you've done a good job. You should take this and continue the work. And, And she used all of that money, all of that money on those poor and destitute in India. When she passed, she died when she was 84, and her estate consisted of this, one prayer book and three Indian saris, the, the garb that she wore, three outfits and one prayer book. But she changed the world. I can guarantee you she wasn't after comfort, but that she had the contentment of her Savior in that moment and in her life. It's got to be hard to give up everything you know and follow God's calling into the darkness, into the darkest places where things are not safe, things are not comfortable. But it's also the place where she found the most contentment to fulfill her call. We can choose to seek after comfort. We can choose to go after what the world says we should be after. We can choose to allow the world to mold us into what it wants. Or we can say enough. Enough. We can say, I want want something more than this rat race, than this treadmill, than, than what I've been on. We can pursue comfort and find emptiness or we can pursue God and find contentment. This whole series, this whole series 
We've been talking about what God really is calling us to. Not the things of this world, but instead the things of His kingdom. And we can get off of that treadmill because we don't need to pursue fame because we serve the one who has more fame than anyone else ever can because we serve God. We don't need money and stuff because we find our fulfillment in God and not in accumulating wealth. We don't need approval of others because we are already approved of by God and we don't need to seek after comfort because God offers contentment. We can pursue God and live fully for Christ or we can seek comfort in this world. Friends, this whole series This whole series is about recognizing where we need to step up into our relationship with God, where we need to let go of the things that we're holding on to that are dragging us down, and instead to stand firm in our faith to say we believe in a God who loves us. We believe in a God who sends His one and only Son into the world to redeem and restore us. We believe in a God who pours out His Holy Spirit into us so that we can be made new. We believe in a God who adopts us into His family and calls us His own. We believe in Christ. And in Christ we can find contentment, not just comfort not fame, not money and stuff, not approval, but contentment. We can do all things in Christ. Let's pray. Holy God, we give you thanks. Thanks for the gift of Jesus Christ, for the promise that we have in you. And we know, we know far too clearly where our struggles are that we struggle with our understanding of you uh, versus the world. And that given our preferences, we would probably probably embrace the world over the, the truth that we need you. And so God, help us. Make us uncomfortable, but bring us your contentment, your peace, your hope, your love. As we prepare for the season of Advent, the season of Christmas that is right around the corner, God, we just pray that you would inspire us, prepare our hearts to receive the gift that you make so easily and readily available, the gift of your love and grace. Help us to receive that gift in hope that we can be made more like Jesus each and every day. We pray this together in the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And all of us agreed and said, amen.